Blog Talk Radio. Mayhaps I could have got away on B for you catching me. You remember that? You remember that all day? You killed me. You remember that? You killed me. Because like you just proved what the Pecker would say. We're just beasts. Willing to do anything. Kill each other. No mind. No feelings. Shut up, nigger. <clears throat> Leastwise, I ain't gonna die like you gonna die. Like a slave. I ain't giving no lifetime of misery and sweat to this peck of wood. I'd rather die than be a slave. You peck of wood. That's right. You peck of wood was oppressed in your own land. We was free. And you brought us here. In chains. Well, now we here. And you just better know. This is just as much our land as it is yours. And after you hang me, kiss my ass. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro-Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Folks, good tidings to all. This is the Midweek in Review edition of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk. You know the drill, the call-in number, always a balmy constant, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. This is an hour-long show, folks. I'm going to try to make it to the gym. Uh, This is going to be one of – I guess I'm going to channel – his royal badness, uh, like his infamous hit-and-run tours, where he would do these quick, fast event concerts, concerts, and he would just throw out the hits, you know, just hit them hard, hit, you know, hit and run. So this is more or less in line with that kind of thinking. Our, our thoughts, our deepest sympathies go out to the folks out there in Houston and the, the outlying areas, Houston, Texas, really going through it right now with Hurricane Harvey. 
we'll talk about that. Uh, I didn't actually have it listed to speak about, but it's, it is unavoidable. Our president was down there, uh, a poor showing as expected. I'm going to just be straight up about it. I mean, he, he's a, a pale, even though he's orange-hued, a pale comparison to the preceding presidency. But the powers that be will never attest to that. They will never admit to it. We can't even comment on things that are clearly in our face, clear, clear, uh, just inability to to come to the to come to the to the rise of the to rise to the occasion. Pardon me. Clearly inept is what I guess basically what I'm saying. A clearly inept president, not ready for prime time. Anyway, let's go to a quick Urbalt groove. I'll try to speak on Afropunk as well, but I think we're going to leave that mostly for Saturday's show. That's when the Uncanny will be in attendance, attendance as well. But I will speak on that as well. Anyway, people, with Afropunk in mind, Gorillas, the famed animation-style live-action band, Gorillas has a new album out. Definitely advise our listenership to check it out, the latest album. This cut's called Strobe Light, K-Tronada, K-Tronada remix featuring Pevin Everett. Pardon me, Pevin Everett. Pevin Everett. We'll be right back, folks. About two and a half minutes. Let's groove. Thank you. 
All right, folks, hit and run tour style, Afro Nerd in full effect. That was the Gorillas performing Strobe Light with Pevin Everett, Kate Tronada remix. All right, people, let's just get into it. Captain, you need it in the middle of a hurricane, unfortunately. Let's get to it, sir. Beaming you down. I'll be midget with this. I mean short. And I'll give it right back over to you, Afroner. To you, gormless, feral, menstrual, transgenic, chimp, low cognition, spurious claim. You don't even know what spurious means, so I shouldn't even use spurious. You false claim Trump supporters. Twelve years ago from Tuesday, that was when Katrina took place. How could Obama be the president? You low cognition Waste of a sperm cell, don't ever open your mouth. Just pump your fist for the man that you support so well, so much in the office. Now, because once you open your mouth, you expose yourself. You're 70, maybe 60 IQ. Eh, 70 is too much. That's the third world. We're like 60 IQ type of individuals, man. Shut your mouth, man. Stupid. That goes to Africa. I said it. That's it. I'm good. All right. You know how we are, Captain. Be careful with the term midget. <laughs> because, uh, you know, that's the diminutive person's N-word. I think uh, the operative word is uh, little person, uh, little people. <laughs> I'm being half facetious, but believe it or not, you know, that, that's considered an offensive term. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's get into it. People, um, wow, effects of Hurricane Harvey. And, and again, I really didn't have any intentions to speak about it per se. Uh, with not well, I would have mentioned it, but not with so much intensity. But there's so many ancillary uh, stories that are attached to, to to Hurricane Harvey. The handling of it, uh, it's still in the middle of it. Again, again, we're talking about a tropical cyclone. Uh, they haven't seen anything since this. And this, we're talking about southeastern Texas, catastrophic flooding. Um, they're talking about a 12-year period. I think some, sometime in 2005 was the last recorded hurricane, uh, Hurricane Wilma. So it's still ongoing. I'm hearing horrific stories of babies clinging, clinging to a lifeless floating parent. I kid you not. A, uh, they were able to save a child who was literally floating on top of their mother, who had already since passed. Uh, this, is not, this is feeling a lot like Katrina. Now, the irony, of course, is that the, the, the ignoramuses that the captain was talking about, I'm seeing multiple tweets, viral tweets, that are applauding President Trump for nothing and downgrading President Obama for his lack of his lack of of uh, appeal, Katrina, and no one says anything like you know this man wasn't president during Katrina. Bush famously was president during Katrina. So if you're dealing if you're dealing with that kind of low level, low rent intellect, this is what I'm really this is the appeal I make each week to people who may be on the emotional side of the game. That are so so overtly emotional, is that 
you really can't have a conversation with someone, as the captain said, has this kind of cogitative ability or lack thereof. It's, you're better off just walking away. We are going to have to deal in our own way. You're, you're going to have to figure out a way to deal with these people and, and maybe not necessarily conversing with them. You're going to have to just tolerate them because you, you can't argue with someone who is, who is insistent that two plus two is seven. There's something I learned at Hampton about uh, the, 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 the concept of debating, the concept of debating, and it deals with the, the dialectic, dialectic method. And I, I never forgot it because I always thought that it made the most clearest sense. The dialectic method. I believe I believe it, it stems back from Socrates, uh, the, uh, Socrates or Plato, but it deals with um, if you engage someone in a spirited debate to a a resolution or some kind of resolution is that you both have to agree on what is truth, and then you hammer out the details. So in other words. If I'm going to have a conversation with, with the captain or with anyone, and let's say it's a, it's a, a debate-style situation, it would have to be dealt, it would ha, we would have to at least agree in the center on a, on a truth that as long as we, you and I are on the same page that two plus two is four, everything else is up for grabs. But you're dealing with people who, again, are telling you or are lambasting former president Barack Obama for his lack of involvement during – there's no conversation after that with me. I'm not going to have a, I'm not gonna have a conversation with a troglodyte. It, it, there's nothing to discuss. It's that simple and plain. All right, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a couple of clips. I mean, there's a lot going on, people. We're talking about uh, deaths, I think, somewhere. I think Guyana has one recorded death, 26 in the U.S. thus far. Anywhere from ten billion to a hundred plus billion, one hundred and fifty billion dollars in, in economic losses. Uh, many, you know, I'm in the insurance game. I can tell you, a large swath of the the claimants, the claimants and/or victims are going to be uninsured. So it is a horror show, and your president rallied, as opposed to. Giving, as opposed to be, being empathic. I mean, if we're not able to, to, to see clearly, if your media are, I think some media outlets are starting to, like, are starting to actually tell you what, they, what, what is clearly identifiable. Let me repeat that. I think some of the media outlets, some of them are starting to actually report on what we are all seeing. But Again, that's up for debate. But if your president can't be empathic, if your first lady rocks heels like it's some kind of red carpet affair going down to uh, going down to Texas, I mean, you would never see. I have never seen the Obamas pull some kind of crap like that. And if they ever did, first of all, when they came to the when they came to the game prepared, they were still they were still lambasted. But the idea that you would see someone who was, again, someone of a higher intellect, intellect both, the, the, both, both of these two, these two were, were uh, Ivy League graduates, 
They're attorneys, for Christ's sake. I mean, attorneys know. Listen, I, 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 uh, I didn't have the fire in the belly, but I did take the LSATs. I was going through the, through the matriculation process. And even when you take the test, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of things about logic. Deals with logic. Just getting into the game. And attorneys, and I'm still in, in, in the legal and insurance field. So I'm, what I'm saying is I see my fair share of deposition reports and, and uh, litigation plans. <laughs> Appearances mean everything. When we talk about uh, respectability politics, for those who have a problem with respectability politics – when you go to court, somehow, even the thuggiest of the thugs, they somehow eschew respectability politics, except when it comes down to seeing to the court system. Then all of a sudden, you will wear your hard-bottom shoes and your your uh, be, you know your um, your suit. Anyway, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it's an ultimate. That's why I laugh when people fight me. On respectability politics, um, the the Trumps don't know anything about that. Obviously, I mean, when I saw this picture, I'm looking for this clip and to give give you more more information. But when I saw this photograph of Melania Trump in high heels, I mean, really. No one told this lady, like, you know, maybe you might want to put some sensible, put some, even if they're, even if you want to be fat, a fashionista, even if you want to pull that, got to wear some funky boots or something to show that you're with the people. This, this is let them eat cake, man. This is Marie Antoinette. Anyway, let me play a, a, a few clips to lend some kind of, um, to lend some kind, some kind of sense on what's going on here. Jim Baker, televangelist, he's saying some ish. I mean, I don't even know where to start, Captain. It's, it's so much effery. A word I wish I could say the actual word, but it's so much, so much unprecedented effery. All right. Start with Jim Baker. Talk... <laughs> um, repeat that again. Repeat that again, Cap. Start with Jim Baker. Well, I know. Well, you know what? Well, let, let, let's let's I, I, let's do that second because I think we should give like a basic informational thing first, and then we'll go to Jim Baker. Hold on, folks. Lester, good evening. This neighborhood where rescues are happening nonstop flooded more than ten feet in areas in mere hours. An example of the disaster and its fury. It is a colossal rescue effort. Thousands stranded, taken by boat and helicopter. Water's so high, boats are going over top of cars. Saved using anything that floats. Their faces tell the story of anguish, anxiety, and fear. The water was up to here. I walked out, and and I was just like screaming. I seen somebody. We they tried to put us on air mattresses. It, it didn't work. They had to put the babies on air mattresses. People were carrying babies on their shoulders. With emergency responders overwhelmed, Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner is asking people to call 911 only if their life is in danger, as he defended his decision not to issue a mandatory evacuation order. But I want to thank those thousands, thousands, in fact, millions of Houstonians 
who heeded the advice and did not get on the road. The city has now opened its convention center for evacuees as rescue teams plead for the public's help. Those of you who have boats and high water vehicles that can be used in neighborhoods to help move people out of harm's way, we need your help. And Houstonians have responded in mass. You know, if they need my help, I'm going to do what I can. Back in southeast Houston, Frank Pena woke up surrounded by water. Other beds, everything, furniture. All gone. All gone. Everything's gone. He moved into this apartment just three days ago. His neighbor upstairs took him and three other families in. Are you going to stay until the water goes away? Might. Probably not if they come get us. We need help. A whole bunch of families displaced. has lost everything. The Morales family lost nearly everything, including their stove and much of their food. You can't eat your food. This bayou is usually nearly empty. Within a matter of hours, it's 30 feet overflowing into these apartments. And all these people are trapped. While scrambling to save her mom from floodwaters in a nearby city, Samantha caught on a flooded interstate herself, climbing to safety. My mom, she said that, like, there's water going in there. It's like three inches deep. Trying to make it to the other side. Well, I didn't think it was that deep. America's fourth largest city fighting to survive a still unfolding calamity. You spent most of your life in this city. Explain what you're seeing through your eyes with that personal connection. It's my hometown. It's hard to see, especially here, the pain and the suffering. It rains and storms here often, but never quite like this. But I'm encouraged watching Houstonians help each other come together, and I'm confident that no matter what comes next, we'll do just that. Lester. Yeah, and I, I got a chance to see some of that, Jacob, a bit earlier. We'll show that later in the broadcast. Thank you for your reporting. Hey, NBC News fans, thanks for checking out our YouTube channel. Subscribe by clicking on that button down here and click on any of the videos over here to watch the latest interviews, show highlights, and digital. All right, uh, and this is your president responding to this. Hold on. Thank you, everybody. What a crowd, what a turnout. I want to thank our governor. Your governor has done a fantastic job. Governor Abbott, thank you very much. He's right here someplace. He's right here. So we just want to thank your governor, Senator Cruz, Senator Cornyn, uh, everybody, Dan. We want to thank the whole group. This has been a, a total cooperative effort. Again, we will see you soon. I will tell you, this is historic, it's epic what happened, but you know what? It happened in Texas, and Texas can handle anything. Thank you all, folks. Thank you. Thank you. So, Brooke, those comments coming just a short time ago before the president uh, flew from Corpus Christi to make his way here in Austin. You can hear. Captain, I don't know what kind of speech that was. It's really epic. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. It's epic. It's historic. I mean, that's, that's not how you. I mean, it, I, I wish I could really imitate. Some people have a, a really. Uh, uh, an, <laughs> On a real an, uh, ability to Im uh, imitate Trump, I wish I could imitate Trump, but that 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 kind of 
it's you know how we, it's really it's really epic. It's, you know, first of all, his vocabulary is extremely limited, but that's okay. That that's okay. It's epic. Those are not empathic words. They're not sympathetic words. I mean, there's a certain there's a certain gravitas that is necessary to be president, and I think a majority of these troglodytes that voted for this guy, they voted they voted someone in. Like as a goof, like I mean, there, there was there was always this thing. Even as a little kid, I could oh, even as a little kid before I even studied politics, you could kind of tell that to vote somebody in in the in the White House, even if we we're to believe that it's some kind of surface level position. But now I'm thinking that it's not. But if you were to, if even if you were to believe it was a surface level position, that that person has to at least qualify in, in certain arenas. In other words, there's got to be a certain threshold that's met when it comes, down, when it, when it comes to being, quote-unquote, presidential. That we, just threw that we just threw that out the window. Clearly. That's not how you talk to people that are suffering. Mother is dead. Uh, the, the baby is floating on top of the mother. And you're talking about how this how this is historic and epic. Those, those are, that's, that's how you describe like the next act that's coming out to perform. Okay. Our stalwart supporter, Q Storm, from the Red Shirts as well as PodcastJuice.net. I'm eager to hear what he has to say about this. Again, folks, to uh, to our listeners, we, we have a short broadcast, but we'll be back at it at it again on Saturday. 6 p.m. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Q-Storm, your name says it all. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? And I want to create a storm on your show because I caught a lot of heat about it. Uh, and maybe I lashed out in anger, but and I don't wish any harm, ill will, or any any bad mojo on anyone down in Texas, but I just, whenever I see the storm footage, whether it happens here on the East Coast or, or down there in Texas now, I just fast forward past it because it makes me too angry. It makes me so angry because these people, Texas is a solidly red state. It went for Trump. Trump and his minions are all climate deniers. According to Trump, climate change is a hoax that was fomented by the Chinese even though these are the same goons that were uh, that were amazed at the solar eclipse, which was predicted by science and scientists, but they refused to they refused to acknowledge climate change. And Texas is one of those states that went solidly for Trump. And I just have a hard time watching any of this footage. I fast forward past it because it's only going to get worse. And these people. These Trump supporters are not learning their lesson. It's only going to keep happening. And when I hear people say, oh, my God, we didn't, we had no idea that the storm was going to be like this. Is this the new normal? What's going on? And I just want to scream at the TV, but I don't. I just fast forward and say, hey, you, 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 we had Sandy. We had Katrina. You had your chance, and you failed. Yeah, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to unpack cue on this um well i mean listen I, I barely want to mention this person's name but ann coulter 
we know her to be uh, – I mean, it, again, we really don't call her for – I shouldn't say we. I should say the media. Do not, they, they, they are not calling this woman for what she really is. She is a paid provocateur because she says things that just – just absurd. Like, you know, I don't see people really pulling her card. Again, that's why I have so much fondness for, for the 60s. Because in the 60s, when you see all this footage, and this, I was raised, I was literally raised on these stories and raised on this footage of many people uh, across the spectrum, political and racial and cultural spectrum. There were some pretty tight people. And when something like this went down, you were confronted. You had, you had a contingent of black leaders that would confront this, a chick like this. And what, I'm, and what I'm talking about specifically with Coulter, but I mean, you could pick a cart with Coulter because this is this is her shtick. But when you talked about uh, Q about this this um, this inability to to honor science or to to capitulate to empiricism and to science, and she says when she talks about the climate change as opposed as opposed to again. Capitulating to science, she says. She says uh, people would be better off blaming the the, uh, the 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 former mayor, I believe, of Houston, who was lesbian, who is lesbian. But she's she's a former mayor. She says we the public would be better off blaming the the quote unquote lesbian mayor for this tragedy than climate change. I mean, really? Really? Well, you know, uh, I'm sorry, repeat that again. That, okay. Go ahead. Add something pertaining to sure, sure. science. You, may, you, remember the, you remember the Gulf oil spill that no one talks about? Oh, yeah. Remember that? Okay. Scientists Obama will caught tell that. You that came. Yeah, they'll tell you that that changed the jet stream. They'll tell you that. All right? They'll tell you that, but no one talks about it. There's also another aspect in respect to the change on the earth that's happening. So you're going to get, which I'm not going to talk about now, so you're going to get bigger hurricanes and bigger storms. You see? It's, it's, it's just coming. But the scientists won't talk about that other aspect, but they talked about the first aspect. That's right in your face. The Gulf Stream has changed. You change the Gulf Stream, then you change weather. You start having weather anomalies. Real hot over Europe and things of that nature. It starts to get a little crazy. But back over to you, Afrin. I don't know let anything, me, though. <laughs> let, 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 me, let me actually be more accurate as to her quote. This is from a Twitter. Uh, I, love twi- I love Twitter, but Twitter is, is a, a bane and a boon. Anyway, it's a, she says, I don't believe Hurricane Harvey is God's punishment for Houston electing a lesbian mayor. But that is more credible than, quote-unquote, climate change. I'm like, I, again, this woman is no longer the mayor. She was, she, she, she's been out for a year, going on two years, going in 2018. So she's, you can't go back into the past. I mean, it just, it's just – but this, this is, this is the, 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 the type of reality that we are living in. It reminds me of, I hate to go back to pop culture, or maybe I shouldn't say that. I love going back to pop culture. This is Planet of the Apes. 
And specifically, it's the first Planet of the Apes where Charlton Heston finds out that he's dealing with anthropomorphized apes, and he exclaims, "It's a madhouse." I mean, this is this is how I this is how I feel when you have empiricism, and you have people that are just clearly not ready for prime time. Shut up, you freak! Julius, you... I said shut up! It's a madhouse! A madhouse! I have become Charlton Heston internally. I just won't scream it out like that. But I, that's what I say. That's my internal conversation, folks, to let you know. I, I guess I have a little bit of uh, Charlton Heston and a little bit of Leonard Nimoy going on. Uh, I say that internally, but my external, you know, I, I got to give the impression <laughs> that everything is, is, is kind of, uh, there's a kind of equilibrium going on. But, uh, I, you know, when you, Jim Baker, of all people, this guy, <laughs> again, a, a confirmed charlatan. You know what? We got a lot of calls. We have a lot of calls. So before I even go into my Jim Baker rant, rant, uh, he should not have any credibility, no voice. But send in the clowns. Anyway, let me go to two four eight. We have a, quite a few calls. Two four eight. Welcome to the midweek talk. You are where you're calling from. Sure, this is Ed calling from Detroit, Michigan. Hey, Ed. Nice to hear from you. Well, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just want to make a point. I, you know, I saw a little bit of this on social media, and your your, your uh, a gentleman just mentioned about, you know, Texas being the red state. But the actual electoral breakdown, Houston and the surrounding areas of Houston were Democratic voters in the 2016 election in that in that state. If you look at it, but the reason I'm bringing this up is. I just feel I don't care if it's the state of New York or California or Texas. You know, it's one of those things I just I just see us all all Americans suffering: blacks, Hispanics, white, Democrats, uh, Republicans. I just like to see it just kind of the politics just set aside, you know, for till you know this rescue effort gets done. And in I mean, there's a lot of lot of things I have a problem with with the Hurricane Katrina. You know what the, the the lousy job FEMA did and under Bush, you know with it. But as far as you know, when I I've read some of these uh, social media posts about how some charities, oh this is the red state, we don't want to help them, you know, or the hell with them, you know, it's I just see it as it's people and they're all suffering, all need help. Let's uh, you know. Do what we all can to help it out, and let's just set this aside if we can for a little bit. You know the uh, the politics of it. Well, listen, what you're saying is yeah. is extremely yeah. sound, and I wouldn't disagree sure. with you at all. I guess my mm-hmm. issue my issue is we're looking at someone. I'm not listen. I'm a conservative. I'm a registered Republican, but that has okay. absolutely that has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. I mean, we're looking at someone who just clear, clearly. This is not even an opinion. This is fact. He clearly does not have the faculties to remain in that damn White House. I mean, you, you can't – there is a certain type of gravitas, a certain kind of a movement you've got to have, a, a certain kind of ability to, con, to convey uh, 
kindness and empathy to a suffering suffering people. To I mean, it goes beyond. Like you said, this is not the time for for, for politics. It's about pragmatism. We've got to help people. Yeah. But when you have when you have this guy who's talking about, oh, this is historic. This is epic. It's not empathic speech. It's something else. It's someone who's like not in tune. There's, there's, you have to be in tune to not make this make this about you. It's about what are we going to do to get you people back in order to bring back your life, your lives. And I don't, I don't, I'm not hearing that from this guy. And no one seems to be saying anything. It seems to be okay. I mean, this is ridiculous. when you have some of these people who are so, including our president, who are so anti-Obama when the man is no longer there. Obama's a ghost. He's no longer there. But to say, oh, well, what did Obama do for Katrina? Okay, that's been in a conversation with you. Uh, you, you, shouldn't, you should have your license revoked. You, you, should, you shouldn't be allowed to, uh, to cook. You, should be, you, need to be, you need to be taken care of. If, if you're going to blame yeah. a, someone who wasn't a president at the time, I mean, and this was a number of people who kept on laying, laying, uh, laying it thick that Obama, what, Obama didn't respond to Katrina. Yeah, he didn't have to. He wasn't the president. No one said well, anything. Exactly. It was Bush. <laughs> it was 2005. But, but, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. But if that, but if that is the, yeah. the level of, of, of intelligence that's floating around, then you, you don't have an opinion. I mean, I just can't. I mean, in the conversation, it's, mm-hmm. it's over. So I, I pray for these people. Um, I'm agnostic, but they, they, they have my thoughts. Um, I, I, I just I want things to improve. I want, I want movement. I want action. When you see the first lady in heels, no one tells this lady like, "Hey, you know what? You, you gotta, you're gonna have to put some boots on. This is this is this is bad juju." But it's it's it's, it's Marie Antoinette in real time. Well, I think she put tennis shoes on when she came off the plane. But it's it, it, just my opinion is Trump has had President Trump has had this bad track record of just saying stupid stuff and then you know. And then it's just like oh, you just shake your head sometimes and go, "What? What the hell?" Why well, do? And Debert, real quick, this is Q. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this on the Saturday show. Yeah, anyone, you know, it, it, the, the optics on her wearing high heels is not very good. But remember what I said that the left, we tend to go after the breadcrumbs. Let's not report on that story. Trevor Noah did a great job of, of saying how it was ridiculous to be reporting on that story when we got a bigger fish to fry. That's what has, you know. That's the you know that that's what makes us look bad on the left. Yeah, it was stupid to be doing that, but we got bigger problems than to be actually writing stories about that. I don't know. I, I think I think it's a pretty big issue. I think the 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 a, a presidency and by extension his wife having in, having an inability to connect with people who are suffering says a lot. I think, I think you can get a lot. What they say, a picture's worth a thousand words or what have you. I think, I think it means something. I, think, I don't think it's that little. I think it's one of a number of faux pas. I mean, when you have someone like Jim Baker, again, who's making the news, who was a confirmed cheat, charlatan, his, 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 his doghouse, I mean, Tammy Faye's no longer with us, but his doghouse, was was opulent was more opulent than a human's house, and then he comes in and talks about, oh well, uh, you know if if Trump is impeached, this is grounds for civil war part two, again, 
you need to be you need to be uh, you need a straight jacket needs to be placed on you. You must be removed from society. You've got to be dealt. You have to be dealt with. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to go to more callers. Hold on. Uh, I think this is Sergio from Chi Town, our resident cineast. I'm pretty sure he, he's ready to talk about this. Serge, is that you? Yes, it is. Uh, it's been a while. I've been oh, busy yeah. with the film festival I've been running uh, for the last day. But um, yeah, I have to say that I was before the hurricane hit. <clears throat> I was saying what Q Storm was saying. I was saying, boy, they're going to get hit, and let's see all these Trump supporters and people who hate the government. And all these people who want to still blame Obama for everything, let's see what happens when this hurricane hits. And it was the first thing they're going to do. They're going to be crying for help, which is going to be slow in coming. I Right. The heel thing with Melania Trump, that's a non-issue. I mean, come on. She's an ex- ex-professional escort from some small town, someplace in Eastern Europe who got lucky. You know, what does she know? Leave her alone. But um, the fact of the matter is that I am not surprised by Trump's uh, reaction so far. He's never shown any human compassion at all to anything except that, un, uh, you know, unnatural one to his daughter. Um, <laughs> in terms of um, uh, Ann Coulter, who I'm still waiting to run to Kentucky Derby. I don't know why she hasn't done it yet. Um, she's, okay, I know this sounds weird, but she is a satirist. Now, I know what you're thinking, that satire, well, for a certain segment of society, the hateful society, for her, for them, she's funny. She's a, she considers herself a satirist. Her stupid comments about the mayor, the former mayor of Houston, and by the way, how many people know that the current mayor of Houston is a black man, and who people said has shown more leadership in this crisis than either the governor and Donald Trump. Um, her comments about the, the, the former mayor were stupid and insensitive, but that's her shtick. That's her um, – uh, those are the jokes, folks. Uh, they're not funny, but for a certain segment of society, they are. Well, yeah, I, I had mentioned that. I said that before, that Ann, Ann Coulter is a paid provocateur. I mean, she writes these books. The books are always the same theme. The, you know, the, the, left, the left are lousy, and the, the, the right have it right, so to speak. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's cool for one or two books, but every book is the same regurgitated trope. Or tripe, pardon me. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's you know, a I, you know, honestly, I don't know how they sell. Do they sell? Right I don't so. know. No, she, she has uh, a big her first book, but I don't know something. And you know, nowadays, it only takes five thousand copies to be a bestseller. Um, in these days. So, I mean, she can only sell 5,000 copies, and automatically she has become a best-selling, a best-selling author. She sells books the way that Fox maintains their viewership. I mean, you're dealing with a certain mindset that likes to hear that. They like to hear, even if it's on repeat. Ann Colt is a multimillionaire, so, I mean, it speaks for itself. Yeah, but also it's a viewership that is the average age of 68 years old. It is a dying-out 
viewership. Maybe, um, maybe not. You know, the alt-right, thing- the alt-right, the alt-right are full of young people. Oh, by know. the way, did you – no, no, no. I, I don't know if you brought this up, but I don't know if you talked about the comments that uh, – I'm sorry, I'm recovering from a cold. The comments that Andrew Young made about a week and a half ago on Meet the Press – I didn't where cover he it, clearly aware sympathized, of it. sympathized with the with the uh, with the Poor white Clinton. nationalist, you know, saying that oh, they just need jobs. <laughs> That's all they need, and they're jealous because they see all this black progress. <laughs> he has lost <laughs> his mind. You know, he, I, I mean, well, he is really senile. Well, listen, I'm not going to go there. But I do find well, it I, I will. I will. It was outrageous what he said. Outrageous. Uh, needless to say, Yvette Cornell got on his ass. Oh, yeah. But uh, I'm, I am stunned that there hasn't been more of an outcry about what he said. Yeah, well, you know, the irony is that when I was growing up, Andrew Young was one of my heroes. Was. And, you know, even before I became um, uh, uh, conservative, I had a lot. I, you know, listen, if, you're, if you are African-American, more than, more than likely, you were raised in a, in a very liberal tradition. I'd say anything, anything post-1960, 65, you, you, not all blacks were raised this way, but many blacks were raised in, in kind of a liberal tradition. Um, vote Democrat. But... And 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 Andrew Young, you know Andy Young, Andy Young, you know when he's a younger man, seemed to be a little bit less. He he was not this. He was he was not what I'm seeing now. And actually, I saw this when when um, he sided he sided with Hillary Clinton the first time around when Pre- President Barack Obama, well then Senator Barack Obama was running, and he said some untoward things about. I remember that. Yeah, you know, and that's what. That's when I gave him the side eye. That's a, not that I agree with Barack Obama's politics, but I mean, the bottom line is he was the first African-American president. It, it was groundbreaking. And at the time, I, thought, I, didn't really, I didn't have a problem with the imagery he was pre- presenting. So I didn't, I didn't get why Andrew Young, of all people, was so gung-ho. Uh, he and, and um, Robert Johnson, Bob Johnson. That they those two kind of cooned it up. They did a little minstrel act. So he's been on my S list for a minute. Re- regrettably, he has. And 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 Jim Brown, you know, Jim Brown is, is you and I. You know how we are about Jim Brown. I, I got to give him a pass. Yeah, I on know. Gosh. Capitalist thing. I don't know what you know, happened. I'm giving, I'm giving him a pass on that. I, listen, I was so hurt by that. I sent a tweet to Jim Brown with a link to the history of. The national anthem. I say, come on, Jim. You know, so I'm not going to say these gentlemen are, are are senile, but it's very odd that they're so radically different than their former selves. They are radically different than their former selves. That's the part that I'm like, what? Very bizarre. Let's go to another call. We got about 11 minutes remaining. Uh, Serge, I'm going to keep you on as well. 404. Welcome to the midweek. Your thoughts? We're talking about. Hey, Hey, what's up? Oh, not much, man. I'm sitting there listening to y'all. Shout out to you and your callers. And, of course, Cap back there. Uh, yeah, man, the, the thing with Jim and, and Andy, 
when people when people age, man, they tend to get a little more safe. They tend to want to, uh, you know, start to make a deal. They tend to want to look for some type of of way of, of alleviating the pressure. Like the, this is kind of what happened. So I mean, I don't blame them totally, but I fully understand where you're coming from. And this is an old tactic too, uh, pitting the young against the old. So when Ali was out there on the march, uh, you you know you bring out. Uh, some of the old boxers uh, to shame him. So we, we got some of that dynamic going on because they're at a different state in life. And, yeah, it was really disappointing to hear Andy Young. And, and Jim Brown was really like, oh, man, this is really this, this bad right now. Uh, the, but one thing that I, I do want to hit on is that point you talked about with the, the shoes that she wore. Now, of course, that's not really a big story, but context matters and that story matters, not in the sense that, uh, you know, it's not a big deal because the shoes, in the sense that you got an administration that doesn't listen to good advice, that doesn't listen to people who are qualified to give them advice and tell them things, and that was fully on display. Uh, in, 20, in 2005, when Bush was down there, Mike Brown started getting all kinds of emails about, hey, you see Bush has his sleeves rolled up. It looks like he's, he's involved. He's engaged. He's in the process of working. Why aren't yours up? Uh, you know, you know, these are things you learn with with PR and everything else. But when Optics. you don't have those departments, Optics you know, active, or you're not listening to them, they can become a problem. And specifically, right now, where we're in a culture and information war, to where the left has this idea that we're going to play the the moral superior and say, well, we're not going to touch that. That's beneath us. Well, when people are living in echo chambers where they're only getting their own information, and you think you're going to play the the morality role. Uh, you're in for a landslide of losses right now. Facebook uh, just had it set to where uh, the, the, the timing of news doesn't matter. They only use their algorithms to say what you're most likely to read and like, and they send it up. Google just got fined $3 billion in Europe for dictating where searches would go, uh, leading to things that were either operated by or owned by Google. So we're in an information war and we, you, you can't play this whole morality game, man, because you're, you're just going to get crushed, as we saw when the bots went out there in 2016. So I, I think we got to stop go, going that route. So, no, that, that story's not a big deal, but there's a larger point to that story. Well, you know what? Let, let's also, speaking about the times that, that we're in and the, the highly technological uh, place that we, are, that we are in, the Joel Osteen story is also another story. He's like the... The, the the kind of the companion piece to Jim Baker, he's he's Jim yeah. Baker 2.0. It's just that I, I have a that's one of the reasons why I'm agnostic. That some of the some of these people, these televangelists, they, they, they've been they've been selling pipe dreams, and 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 no one wants to call them for what they are. They are a business, the business of dream sellers. And mm-hmm. if anything, I would give them more props if they would rise to the occasion when necessary. But we see blatantly that these, this multi-millionaire that when he came down to really needing the church, what the church is supposed to represent, this gentleman was, again, not ready for prime time. He talked about how his church was flooded out, not realizing that we could actually take pictures. We have smartphones. We have drones. We can see. We can see you. We can see you. <laughs> no, Debert. D- he, he, he said today. Come on, Debert. He said today. No one asked him. So come on, ease up on the guy. 
Come on. Hey, man, you, 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 if you spend a lot of time in rooms where you're the smartest person in the room and everybody kowtows to you, you start thinking that's the norm. So now he gets out here in the actual big world and gives these explanations that would fly to his flock, and he looks like a crazy person. So, yeah, it's good to see grifters uh, brought into space. I, 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 would, I would go to the great Mark Twain. We're in the second Gilded Age. Uh, all the grifters are out, and they're looking for money and trying to confuse people. And it's sad to see the, the situation in, in Houston, of course. But we do have to start talking about this whole idea of constant austerity, this whole idea of all government spending is bad. And, and you get to the point to where you don't have, uh, you know, relief funds or the things that you're supposed to have in an emergency because people say, oh, well, you know, how, you don't know if that's going to happen. Classic case was Atlanta a few years ago. Uh, they didn't pay for the ice truck because the year before they got a snow warning that didn't come. So when the snow came, didn't have the ice truck, and you had snowmageddon in Atlanta where it was just a small piece of ice on the highway, but it caused billions of dollars worth of damage that could have been averted by paying the smaller amount, but everybody says government spending is bad. we got to stop spending. So we we, we got to start handling some real, real truths out here too, man. Uh, I know. This whole Gover- idea that the one percent – oh, go ahead. I was going to go government my spending is, gov- Government spending is bad when it's black people in the ninth uh, ward in Louisiana, in New Orleans. Ted, according to Ted Cruz, when it's his state, government spending is necessary. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Right. That, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Well, so, I, would, I would make the argument that you can get those people to vote for to stop government spending within their own areas uh, because they bought into the ideology so hard and haven't even looked at what they would actually lose as far as services because all they know is spending bad. And if when my belt gets tight around the home, I stop spending a little bit. And they compare their home budget to a government budget, which is completely ridiculous. Yeah, the reason why my life sucks is because black people are getting everything for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, dude, you know how amazed I was at the Twitter meme when somebody asked, well, they made a hashtag about people thinking that black folks went to school for free or something like that. And, you know, we, I was, you know, just laughing at it or whatever. And then I started going through the comments, and there were people who were really upset and thought they were making points, like trying to attack it. Like, well, you guys do get X, Y, and Z. And every black person is looking like, what the hell are you talking about? Where's all this stuff? We supposed to Gentlemen, we got, about, we got about four minutes remaining, but I'm going to go around, around the horn. I'm curious. So what do you think is going to be the end result of this catastrophe as well as Trump? Like, it, will Trump rise to the occasion and get the monies, that, monies uh, along with Congress, monies necessary to get these people back? Uh, I mean, this is really Katrina Part 2. We're talking about probably a decade or more to get to some kind of semblance. Uh, I was listening to, to the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, he was interviewing W. Kamau Bell, who is familiar with the area, and they were talking about the before and after, and it is frightening what Houston looked like before and what it looks like now. It's going to be billions of dollars. Uh, at the same time, we're trying to see if Trump can even make it through this term. So what are your thoughts? Well, Let's go to my my point. My answer is no. He's not going to make it four years. He's not even in physical condition to make it four years. He's the worst shape president I've ever seen. And it's going to be worse <laughs> because this affected white people. See, in New Orleans, people could say, "Well, those are black people and they didn't move out and out of the city in time." This time, white people were affected. Let's see how that what, how that goes. 
Uh, Q, your thoughts? He's, uh, the Republicans that are spineless now, they will continue to be spineless. They will give him all the money he needs because this will be – this will make him look good as a president. They can then uh, uh, galvanize around him and say, see, he is presidential. So they'll give him what he needs to prop him up uh, uh, during this time. Uh, in, in terms of what Sergio was saying, one would think that he wouldn't make the four years, but the fact that he got into office, all bets are off the table. Uh, my friend from Detroit, I had you uh, on mute by mistake. Um, oh no problem. What are your thoughts about what might happen with Trump? Is he going to make? Is he going to last? Uh, I, I I feel Trump will last if 2018, if the Republicans maintain control of Congress. If it gets real close. You know, not that Democrats got to control, but it gets real close because there's Republicans that are not with him. Then they'll, then they could. I think they could push the impeachment thing, uh, impeachment process through. Um, but on on the, the what you're talking about with the the, uh, the hurricane in uh, Houston and Texas, there, I look at history and I look at uh, what happened with Hurricane Sandy and what happened with Hurricane Katrina and with Sandy, how these people got boned over by the insurance companies and in the government with their flood insurance found all kinds of excuses not to pay off and give money. Then you look at Hurricane Katrina, for example, when FEMA set up these 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 wood shack shelters and they didn't get hardly anything. Initially, they'll make it look like, yeah, it helps here, money's coming through and things are getting better, but it's going to be a lot of the, 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 the lower middle class and the poor there and get screwed I, I hope I'm wrong, but when I look at history from these past two major storms, I just they've dropped the ball in helping people out. Nas, you get the, the final word. Uh, yeah, I would say that he's going to serve out his full term. Uh, matter of fact, I think after he serves out his full term, he walks away. I don't even think he runs again. But uh, I think we'll be surprised in 2018 if the Dems do capture a lot of seats that the Dems actually don't want to impeach him. I think they want him in for the full term to tie him as much as they can to Republican branding and use him as a cudgel uh, going forward about Republican policy. Uh, he may be the least effective demagogue we've ever seen. Like the, the, the fumbling that they do with trying to get policies passed, I don't think it scares the other side as much as people think. And we can also see that when one party controls all chambers of power, you start to find out they really don't want to do a lot of the stuff, the rhetoric they, they scream about. They actually don't want to do it because those policies will hurt them. So that's how I'm looking at it. As far as the storm, yeah, I think they'll get down there and handle things. Uh, but the president usually gets all the credit or all the blame when really they shouldn't get either because they're just a the mouthpiece coming down. On that note, folks, uh, always always appreciate our stalwart supporters. We'll be back here again on Saturday. I'm pretty sure uh, our left coast correspondent Claire Lene will be in full effect. We'll discuss Afropunk, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we'll probably fit in a little bit more on what's going on with uh, the McGregor fight. We never discussed the, the Mayweather McGregor fight. There's a lot to discuss, and I'm pretty sure there's still going to be more about this this horrific hurricane that Texas is still in the middle of. Uh, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Going out with a little bit of James Brown. I don't want nobody. See you on Saturday. It's been real.
Thank you. 